When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Moneymaker, the podcast that gives you the tools to enrich your life in every sense of the word. I'm your host, Nelly Galan. Let's get started. Julio Gonzalez, I'm so excited to have you. You are the CEO and founder of Engineered Tax Services. You know, I, I have to say everybody thinks I'm a geek because I'm obsessed with taxes and you are the tax goat in America. Mm. I'm so thrilled that we were introduced because you have been helping very famous people, celebrities, athletes, everyone on the planet with taxes, which, you know, to most people is so scary, Julio. Like, it's funny because we're approaching tax time. And I think for everybody, it's like taxes, the IRS. And for me, it's a very traumatic thing. So I want to start with why I'm so obsessed with taxes and why you know, to me, you're a rock star and everybody like, all I do is talk about you because I've had a traumatic experience with taxes. When I started my entrepreneurial business mm -hmm. and it took me a long time for it to make money. And the first year I made over a million dollars, which I thought, oh my God, I've made it. I'm rich. And that year after I did my taxes, I ended up with $40,000. And I realized that I had done everything wrong. Like I didn't know anything about taxes. I didn't know about tax planning. I didn't know about depreciation. I knew nothing. I've worked like a dog for years to get my first million dollars and I end up with nothing. I mean, is the world the emperor's new clothes? So since then I've had to learn some and I thought I knew a lot until I met you. And now like, I feel a little dumb, which I love because I love to be around people that are smarter than me. And you are definitely smarter than me. So I want to hear about you and how in God's name did you get into the tax world? You know, I'm from South Florida, right? By chance, ended up going to school and loved numbers, loved accounting. I just had a passion for it at a young age. And I took that and really learned about the tax code. That was what I was studying in college. But, you know, took that and went into accounting and realized that the difference between the people that get out of the neighborhoods where I grew up and the people that don't are the ones that start to understand the taxes and understand how to preserve the wealth. The tax code is created to help us, right? We think that the tax code is there to hurt us, right? But the tax code says, here's a million pages of how you can generate deductions, right? And the only thing that creates taxes, right, is the tax rates, right? So we take our income tax rate, that's where we pay taxes. And then we have a million pages of tax code that says, here's everything we can do to lower our taxes. And there's so many ways, the government gives us so many ways, our Congress, so many ways, but no one knows those ways, right? I mean, it seems like it's a big secret and everyone's scared of it. That's what I'm here to do is help reveal some of those secrets that <laughs> really are just you know, common sense things when you get down to the nuts and bolts. No, and I get it because now I know that the thing is so big. It's like the Bible. It's like thousands and thousands of pages. And from what you've told me, 
every month and every like they change the laws change all the time so i think that what most of us i'm going to speak for myself when you go to see an accountant right even they are not as proficient as you are because who the hell has time to read you know like i I noticed that even in doing some some things with my real estate recently my accountant said well we got to look that up what's the new law about that or whatever it almost feels like nobody's really that proficient at that and i know that part of what you do is you teach accountants about the specificity of the stuff that you're finding in the new tax laws so are we crazy as normal people thinking that we could just go to any accountant to do our thing or are accountants specialized and that's why we're screwing up yeah great question well look I'll share this with you now. When Ronald Reagan was president, we had our first code change for taxes that we've had in 40 years. And then we didn't change the tax code again until 2017 with President Trump. So we went a long time where accounting firms, accounts, CPA firms didn't have to deal with significant changes to our tax code. Now, since 2017, we've had five big changes to the tax code. A lot of that was because of COVID and then a different change in party, right? And now this tax code is a revolving door of change. And so, yeah, it's hard for any accountant to keep up with the tax code. And by the way, Nellie, not many people in college want to go be accounts anymore. Why is that? You know, because it's not fun. It's a lot of work. It's, I think, a great opportunity for kids coming out of college, but there's so much demand and no supply anymore. There's a big gap. And so what happens? I mean, limited resources, changing tax code that's repeatedly changing, right? And so it's just hard to keep up. It's hard to know all the changes because there's significant changes with those five changes in the tax code in the last five years. So right now, I think they're doing everything they can do to be compliant. And Nellie, I say this all the time. There's two tax seasons. One is compliance. That's when you take your information to the accountant and they do your tax return. But the other season is tax planning. That's the most important season, Nellie, because tax planning is educating the accountant on what we're doing, what aspirations we have, what we can do to lower our taxes. And that tax planning doesn't happen. It was, you know, mandatory, you know, I felt like back in the 80s and 90s when we were working on taxes. But today, it's just catch up and people are bringing in their stuff to the account. There's not even a conversation about tax planning. And a lot of the things, Nellie, that you have to do to lower your taxes, you have to do before the end of each year, right before New Year's Eve strikes midnight. So, so many people miss that tax planning. And ultimately, overpay taxes. And I want to share this now. You can trade tax liabilities for appreciating assets all the time. Yeah. So let me just repeat that. You can trade tax liabilities. If you owe the IRS taxes, you can trade those liabilities for appreciating assets. And the code tells us how to do that. The code says that if you invest in certain assets, the government gives you these significant tax benefits because they want that kind of behavior in our country, right? And Nellie, some of those top things are, you know, hiring people, right? 
and starting a business, we get all these deductions, immediate deductions when we buy and invest in our companies, right? We get tax credits for having employees, doing innovation. There's all these amazing tax credits. We get write-offs. We get to write off real estate if we invest in real estate, and that can offset our tax liabilities, right? We can take the same money we owe the IRS when we calculate the taxes and take that money and invest in real estate and eliminate the taxes, right? Under certain, you know, requirements. By the way, I've never had an accountant allow me to do that. And that goes back to knowledge. I think, you know, you know all this stuff. And, and you know, it reminds me, Julio, about, I did a TV show once on the IRS, right? It was like a documentary. And it was shocking to me because my impression of the IRS is what, what you hear in America is, if you don't pay your taxes, you're going to go to jail. And they've taken mm -hmm. celebrities to jail. And mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, this very scary thing. And then when I did the documentary on the IRS, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, there's a lot of real benefits from the tax world. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a game. You learn to play it. And, you know, I remember when President Trump said, I don't pay taxes. And people were, were giving him a hard time about that. And I remember in my office you know, all the kids were like, wow, he doesn't pay taxes. And I go, you know, from what I've learned in my life and from my documentary on the IRS and from my own life, mm -hmm. I've learned that, you know, plenty of business people and corporations don't pay taxes because they get benefits for creating business and creating jobs. I don't think young people really know that. It's not an evil thing to not pay taxes, that if you're Jeff Bezos, you probably don't pay taxes and you live on debt. So, you know, how do we make this so that people really understand exactly what you're saying, that there are great parts of the tax system? Well, yeah, absolutely. There are great parts of the tax system. And certainly the big corporations take advantage of it, the Jeff Bezos, the President Trumps, because they have a deep understanding of the tax code. They have a team that is really brilliant at helping them navigate that. Let's talk about President Trump for a moment. I know the press said that he didn't pay taxes. He said that he didn't pay taxes in certain periods. But why was that? And I wish that maybe some media would, uh, you know, better explain that to people. So people would really understand instead of getting frustrated and creating all this, you know, anger in our country that's not necessary. But what happened is that in Washington, D.C., you had the old post office, beautiful, iconic building, not creating any revenue for the city, right? For DC, zero revenue. And in fact, it was costing DC a lot of taxpayer dollars to maintain the property for government purposes. So they gave President Trump all these tax incentives, all these tax credits, and asked him to bring it back to life. Now, a lot of people could have taken on that risk, but he was the one that said, I will take on this risk, right? So he takes some of those tax credits and tax incentives. And for three years, he brings back this building to life, right? So you're not getting any revenue. You're spending your cash. You're spending a lot of debt to bring a building back to life. But ultimately, you're getting all these tax credits and incentives because DC is like, we want to invest our tax credits, our tax dollars, and bring this back to life so that it generates revenue again for the city because currently it's not. So that's what happened. Now he brought it back to life. And what happened? Payroll taxes, hotel tax, restaurant tax, all these taxes. And so there were a massive amount of tax in DC one, right? They gave him some credits It lowered his tax liabilities for a certain period of time because he wasn't having the revenue come in from that property. But 
ultimately now the property that was costing DC a lot of money now generates a tremendous amount of revenue for the city. And it was a great investment by them. Trump took on that risk. And because of that risk, he got some tax benefits. Ultimately, it could have gone either way, right? I mean, maybe it doesn't become successful. And I remember working for, you know, running a, a TV network, Telemundo, owned by NBC. And I would remember that when companies like that at the end of the year made money, they would go buy another network that maybe was losing money and they would get credits. It happens in real estate. It happens in TV, taking on an asset that you're going to fix and then you get tax breaks for doing that. So that happens all the time. So us as normal people, let's talk about how we can learn from all of this so we realize too how to best use the tax system. For instance, let's, let's start at the bottom. Number one, what is the tax system there to do? What is it that the tax system is supposed to pay for? What is it that we as citizens pay for? Yeah, I mean, the tax system, right? So we have the tax collection. That's really for defense, right? Safety, security throughout the country. And, you know, for government to provide us with all these benefits. So that's the revenue source of our government, right? So listen, when you're an individual, when you're a business owner, you're in partnership with the government, right? So in certain states, that partnership is even bigger because of state taxes and things like that, right? Now, that all being said, each state and the federal government in our country says that if you do these certain types of activities, then we'll give you a tax benefit that lowers your taxable income because we want that kind of activity in our country, much like Donald Trump with the hotels, much like Jeff Bezos developing Amazon and all the other industries. Tesla. Yeah, Tesla, right? So that's why we have those you know, benefits for those big companies, because we need those jobs. We need to continue to expand our economies, right? And we have to continue to evolve, right? Because certain companies and certain things go out of business, right? Not many people are going to the shopping malls anymore. They're going to Amazon. So we have to continue to evolve. And that's what those tax benefits are for, is so that we can always move forward. So let's talk about, you know, a normal person. So if you are working, you come out of college and you get a job and you're W-2'd. You know, we hear a lot that the people that work for corporations pay the highest taxes because mm -hmm. the money comes off the top and they have no deductions. So if you're in a family and you're married or whatever, is the best idea to make the most money that two people be employees that are W-2'd? Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to the math. I think the most important question is that, okay, we're a couple and husband and wife, we have two jobs. We're both W-2 people, right? Now, the money gets taken out of our checks, right? At the end of the day, we file and square up with the IRS on what money is owed or what money is refunded to us. Okay, here's a situation where, again, these families it is so difficult to break out of that structure, right? Because what do you need to do to break out of that structure and become an entrepreneur and take advantage of the benefits of our country? You need savings, right? So savings is the way to get ahead, but we're paycheck to paycheck. All of us, a lot of us are, right? So look, when you're a W-2, there's a few things you can do that most people don't take advantage of. You can continue to put more and more money into your retirement, right? Retirement is tax deductible, right? So 
There's no questions about that. Education, investing in you. Investing in you can be tax deductible and probably the best way to lower your taxes, right? Because the government says we get some certain benefits from education. We get certain benefits for putting money into our retirement. Or maybe we can invest in a home, right? We can invest in properties and get a tax benefit. There's things that the government says, if you invest in you, whether that's education, whether that's creating a side job, whether that's basically retirement, investing in your long-term money. And health, right? And an HSA. And health, right. And an HSA, right? So there's a lot of things. And now since COVID, we've changed the tax laws. And now a lot of people are working from home. Well, what does that mean? They get a lot of home deductions, right? So they get home deductions for a part of the house that they use for their business. That includes all the IT. Maybe they have a service animal, right? And, And so there are a lot of things. Now maybe they're driving for different parts of work and maybe it's investing in a car to go to, you know, different things. So what the government says is if you're a W-2 and you're gonna just file, right? And take the normal exemption, that's it, right? And you're going to owe whatever the taxes are. But if you invest in you, then that is the way to get ahead, right? Because those are tax deductible. I never heard it that way. That's very well put. That's a beautiful way to say it. If you're investing in you, the government becomes your partner. Right. And you should always start, I think, in my opinion, some type of business. Because remember, when we use a credit card, if we use it for business purposes, we get to tax deduct it, right? We get to reduce our taxable income. If it's a personal expense, then it's not a tax deduction. And I think a lot of people can create a business that allows them to utilize their credit cards and invest in themselves, but also get that tax deduction because, right, the government says, If we're doing things to create a business, to start a business, or do some type of side business, we can have those deductions. And so that's important, right? I mean, investing in ourselves is the biggest way to get a tax benefit. So when you see people today, especially young people that have a job and then they have a side hustle, Mm -hmm. so they could be driving a Lyft, an Uber, they could be you know, doing an Airbnb, is that considered something that even though you have a job, you can deduct that kind of thing? Is that something that we encourage people to do? A hundred percent. Our government says that when you're in business, no, I said there's a partnership with the government, right? And we pay taxes in that partnership, but the partnership goes both ways. So what I mean by that is the government says, if that partnership is where you're creating jobs, you're investing in business, you're creating GDP in our country, then the partnership comes back this way, right? Because we're going to give you those tax benefits for investing in our country. And that's really what it comes down to. So I think it's so vital. And a lot of people, they start with investing in a rental property or investing in some type of side business, whether it's Uber drivers, whether it's you know working at Amazon at night, whatever that is, right? Whatever their passion is, find that passion and invest in yourself. And when doing so, you're going to get a tax benefit that ultimately, without, you would just give that money to the IRS. Now, that's not a bad thing. But again, investing in yourself means that you can retain that. I always say that paying the IRS is a good thing. We should all pay our share, right? But 
The IRS also says through our Congress and our government and our tax code that if you're investing in yourself, that the tax benefit comes your way, right? And if we can trade, again, taxes due for assets that appreciate, then that's a great way to start off as a young person. So I think what I'm hearing you say is if you can plan ahead, if you really, instead of just doing your taxes once a year or whatever, if you could say to your person, okay, this is what I'm thinking, you know, I may want to buy a property or this or that, and you owe taxes. And if they can help you plan it out, so you're like, well, maybe now is a good time for you to buy this property because this is a way for you to get a benefit. It's having that kind of relationship with someone that can guide you into what do you think this year looks like? You know, maybe you're a W-2 employee, your wife's starting a business. Do you need to buy equipment? What do you need to do? Is that the kind of relationship we should be having with our tax person? Tax planning is vital. And as much as our accountants have become compliance because of all the changes and just trying to keep up, that responsibility a little bit lies on us. Right, We should be doing our own homework, doing some Googling, finding out ways to invest in a way that gives us tax benefits, right? And then going to our accountant and saying, I read about this. If I invest in real estate, I understand there's some benefits. How do we do it in the right way that basically allows us to get a deduction and preserve our wealth? That's the right way to do it, right? We want to have a proactive accountant and you should find one and you should interview one because an accountant should be a return on investment, not an expense. But I think now I, a lot of people just think, oh, I got the account. It's going to be a few hundred bucks to do as tax returns. And they treat it as an expense. And if you treat it as an investment and say, I want the best accountant because I want advice. Maybe I owe $10,000 at the end of the year, but my accountant's saying I could take that same $10,000 and put that as a down payment for a property and then get some debt rent out the property. It could be a good investment for me. And I get to write off this property. Great. That's, again, trading tax liabilities for appreciating assets. And that's how we accumulate wealth. Well, one of the things you and I've talked about is, you know, we're minorities, we're Latinos. And we've talked a lot about how people of color, You, I know you've handled a lot of athletes and a lot of celebrities, but People of color really don't have this financial literacy around taxes because, you know, kind of in our countries of origin, many of us have left countries. Everything's gone to hell. You know, the countries have changed. And so we're a little bit afraid of this financial system and the tax system. And we just try to be goody two shoes and we are really leaving money on the table. So can you talk about that? Yeah, I think we all leave these other countries in Latin America. Central America, South America. And we know that that relationship with the government from a tax system in those countries is onerous, right? So we come from a background where it's horrible, right? And the partnership is one-sided, but that's not the case in this country, right? So we come here, but we have no knowledge, but that's not untypical of many citizens here. It's really difficult, right? Because we have such a sophisticated tax code really kind of driven by the big corporations that lobby for certain tax incentives to take advantage of it. And ultimately, what we have to do is find all those benefits, but bring it down to everyone, bring it to our Latin communities, right? So look, I think that the most important thing is a lot of the people I deal with, whether they're you know, a mechanic and has a little uh, 
gas station in Miami, or it's an athlete that has millions of dollars in signing bonuses, we're both on the same page, right? We come from a community that we don't have a great education of the tax system. We don't know how to use it to our advantage in that partnership. And, you know, hopefully it's these kind of podcasts and these programs that create that awareness because it is difficult because now even the people that they go to for accounting, those accounts come from a different country as well, right? So they're trying to catch up on the tax code system and they're relying on software and they're relying on, you know, just kind of common things. And I think there is that awareness that there's that evil, you know, government, right? The IRS, but that's not true. The IRS is just the referee. You can't take advantage of the system. You have to play within the system, but the system is built to give us tremendous benefits if we know it and understand it. But that's the same with being a mechanic, right? You have to know that skill set. You know, I don't know how to fix a car, but we have to come together and share. And I think that's important. Hold on. Moneymaker will be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's get back to the show. One of the things that really boggles about our financial system to me is that it seems like every year it's like a ticking clock. Like you make your money that year, right? Especially as a business owner, you make the money and by the end of the year, you have to sort of divide, you know, like you go to do your taxes and you have to divide the money between the government and you, right? And then maybe the next year you don't make any money because it's a bad year. It's a COVID year or whatever. And you go to to do your taxes and then you're in a loss but it's very hard because it doesn't seem like you get paid back for the money you gave the year. Like, in other words, you're screwed the second year, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So there seems like there's no flow about it. That one year you paid a lot of money and the next year maybe you had a COVID year and then you have no money and it's not like you get the, some of the money back so that you can survive. And you hear a lot of people talking about that, that it seems like there is no reciprocity that way. Yeah. Is there a way around that? Sure, I mean... And I understand that because I hear it so often, right? But our code basically says that if you have a loss in a year, you can take that loss and carry it back so that the taxes you paid in the previous year, you can recoup as a refund, right? And these are things that we also enhanced during COVID, right? Because we understood as a country that a lot of people were going to be suffering. But what we said is if you had paid taxes in previous years, that we would take those losses, we would carry those back and refund the taxes that you paid into the system. So again, though, who knows this, right? I don't know this. This right. is incredible. Right. So how many years can you go back? You know, the IRS allows us to go back and fix three years. So the thing is that, again, we paid in. We've created a bank of money that we put in. But the government also says that if you lose money, you can go back and dip into the bank to your account. I did not know that. That's like yeah. shocking. 
Yeah, and no one does, right? I mean, because the code changes all the time. It's complex and it's not simple. It's not simple. And it's hard for accounts, whether they're coming from new countries or even people that have been in our country and have big accounting firms. It's really complex and changing all the time. But again, it's getting and investing with a good accountant that has a great awareness and probably has resources like us that are there on the consulting side, helping them with tax planning. And look, the accountant wants to do a great job, right? Because if they don't do a good job, they're going to lose the client. And that client hopefully is there with them for 30 years as their annuity, right? So they don't want to lose the client, but it's just a struggle, right? Keeping up with all the changes. So find the accounts that are proactive, that bring in consultants. But how do we find that accountant? How do we find that accountant? I would say recommendations, interviewing. I would take it serious. I would take it like you find a doctor, right? That's you know something that everyone wants to find the best doctor and get the best care. And I think they take their health more seriously than the wealth, right? I say we have to take health and wealth together seriously. And I think we have to invest and the time to find that account like we would a doctor. And what I'm hearing you say is that not only do you need an accountant, you might need consultants that help the accountant because not everybody is an expert at every type of, they don't know every single law change in the taxes, right? Yeah, I mean, the best accountants that I ever meet are ones that always say that I don't know everything, but to the extent that I don't know it, I'm not great at real estate knowledge, I'm not great with employment credits or things like that, but I know who knows, right? And I have these resources. That's vital. That's really vital. Let's talk a little bit about incentives. I talk a lot about that because, you know, everything from buying a car to buying appliances to buying solar, and those are just more on the purchase side. You know, I always tell people, I don't buy a car unless it's a year that there's a tax incentive for a car and I can get money back. Because to me, the way I look at them is like they're coupons, like you would in the old days use in the supermarket, right? Mm -hmm. If the government is incentivizing a certain car company or a certain type of industry. But now that I've gotten a little more deeply into the tax world, I also know that if we go deeper into the tax world and see what industries are getting incentives from the tax code, that you can almost follow the money to incredible investments where you get tax write-offs if you invest in certain things. Oh yeah, well, you know, right now it's alternative energy. Like you said, you talked about solar and people that invest in solar can get a 30% credit and then immediate depreciation on the balance of that investment, get a great return on investment. And ultimately the government says, if you invest in these type of assets, we'll give you a great benefit. And some of the states come in and match those incentives. It's like real estate, right? They allow you to buy real estate and expense the real estate. You can buy a stock and bond in this country, but you don't get to expense it, right? So you're dependent on how that stock or bond does, but there's no expense associated with it. You buy real estate, you get to write it off and you get a dividend every month, right? And you get appreciation which is if you buy real estate in a good location and a good time, you know, you have that. But how many people just put money into a mutual fund? No expense, markets up and down. You could take that same money 
and put it into uh, an apartment and you get the ability to write that off, write that expense. And what a great tax benefit. And then meanwhile, people are paying your rent and you're getting appreciation, you know, like you said. So the government likes real estate. They like alternative energy, like solar, oil and gas, right? If you invest in those type of things, or if you invest in- Farming is a big one, agriculture. Oh yeah, agriculture too. So, and you don't have to necessarily own it, right? You can just be an investor in the project and get the tax benefit. But see, here again, most people have, um, you know, a, a person that they do their investments with, JP Morgan, UBS, and a lot of those platforms, you know, don't have alternative investments that allow you to get a tax benefit, right? It's more stocks, stocks and bonds, right? So that's hurtful in a way too, because, you know, if you're at UBS or JP Morgan, it's probably the big, big clients where they create these alternative funds for that can give the tax benefits. So look, you know, you have to be really invested in yourself, health, wealth, and you have to find these opportunities. But you're right, you read the benefits, you know that some years they want you to go out and buy a car and that you're going to get a tax credit and you're going to get a benefit from that. Now it's solar, it's solar, it's cars, it's ag, it's tech, right? All these benefits, it's you, it's real estate. But what it's not is stocks and bonds and it's not doing nothing. And kind of what I'm hearing you say too is, like if you were going to go to a, a therapist, for instance, there are therapists that are very proactive and they give you advice. There are therapists that just sit there and listen to you and they don't say anything. What I'm hearing you say is if you want an accountant that says, hey, you've got this money, maybe you should be buying this, you know, that kind of gives you advice versus mm -hmm. just takes all of your receipts and does your taxes and asks you what was this and what was that. I, I think we have to be proactive on what kind of person we want to guide us. A hundred percent, right? It's so vital. And I'm glad you bring that up. I just think that's a vital piece of advice. We have to be proactive, but we have to look out for those kind of consultants, those people that come into our lives and help it to that nature. And I also think that what I'm hearing you say is you have to advocate for yourself and go dig for the information. So, you know, I usually just Google tax incentives mm -hmm. for a state or for federal, but is there a way for a layman like us to go deep and find out what are the things the government is interested in investing in and what are their incentives? What are they looking like? And is there a particular month that those incentives come out or is it like a rolling thing? How do we deep dive for ourselves? Yeah, it is a rolling thing, right? Because even today, President Biden put out his budget and certainly whatever budget gets passed will come with tax changes to uh, generate those revenues he wants to raise, increase income tax rates. But also when those things happen, you know, there's a lot of back and forth and lobbyists and changes to the tax code. So it's going to be ongoing, right? So, you know, obviously, like I put in Google alerts and set up alerts for tax changes. But ultimately, you know, we put out daily uh tax updates, tax changes, tax incentives. And where do you put that up? Is that something for the public or is it just you know, for your clients? No, no, we put it up on our website, which, you know, we update all the time, engineeredtaxservices.com. And we put it up on social media and LinkedIn, you know, all the social media platforms. But, you know, find those people. I am so fascinated, right? Because I got to tell you, 
I've never been a person to be on Instagram. I feel like I'm kind of not in that age group, but I'm wrong, right? Because there's people on Instagram that are giving incredible tax tips. And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm probably maybe one of the oldest people on Instagram, but, you know, people were telling me there's all these great tax tips. Incredible. There's people on there. So, you know, go on to Instagram, go on to, I don't know, what's the other one? TikTok or something TikTok. like that. That's, yeah. that's for all but, those influencers. All the influencers are making so much money and they're we have to help them because they're blowing it. And that's like a career, like an athlete that has a beginning, middle and end. That's the other thing we have to talk about is people with careers that have a beginning, middle and end. You hear so much about athletes and now it's going to be social media kids that make all this money and then all of a sudden they wake up and they're broke. How the heck does that happen? Yeah, you know, it happens because, you know, one, they're just very young and don't know anything about the tax system. And, you know, they come from a lot of times, you know, poor neighborhoods where there just aren't the resources and the resources that they grew up with tend to be not good influences, right? So it's tough. Yeah, you're so right. And I, listen, I just think to me, I feel like I used to think what comes first, the chicken or the egg? You know, it's like, is, is it the business? Is it the, Now I feel like taxes has to come first. Like the thinking of taxes has to go into your mind every year as you start your business or as you plan for your family. You have to start in January thinking about what are we going to do? What is our plan? How can we work with the tax system to better do this? I don't think I used to think that way. It's, it was always the afterthought. And I still think that when I, you know, I talk about this a lot with people and they think like, oh my God, you're so boring. And I go, this is far from boring. It's kind of very exciting. That's why I was so excited to meet you because it is like a game that you can master, you know, and where the government is your partner. And I, I, I feel like we're all leaving money on the table. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it is, you know, for you and I probably enjoyable. I think that, again, you know, like I say, if you invest in yourself or an asset that gives you a tax benefit, you already get a 50% return. That's right. And that 50% return just at the beginning is hard to match anywhere in any stock market. And not doing anything means zero return, right? So how can you create generational wealth? How can you retire comfortable? You know, when you know that all the things that happen in our economy, like inflation and things of that nature, are always coming, they're always cyclical. So knowing that you can invest in things that one, give you a 50% return because you get to get the tax benefit. And then that could be an appreciating asset that we trade for tax liabilities. I think that's the way we should think about it. Now, let me ask you about the biggest fear factor of taxes, which is getting audited. And in my experience, I find that accountants get very like nervous and say sometimes to you, this is a legit thing that you can put in, but they get very nervous. Like, well, if you put too much stuff, you're going to get audited. I personally, being in television and having made a lot of TV shows, I've been audited five times in my life. And with the exception of one time, I've never had to pay money because I'm very organized. I've gotten money back. Like, in other words, they found things in my favor. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm not that afraid of audits, but I know that that is the big scary thing for people. 
So do you have any tips on that? Like is how we should be thinking about getting audited and maybe what are some of those triggers? Yeah. You know, now it's very automated with the IRS. So, and a lot of times they say it's random, right? So they're looking for anomalies, right? Things that are not typical in a tax return. But ultimately, like you said, you went through the process five times, four times, you got money back. That's a very typical story that I hear, right? They're out there being referees. If they see unique things, they may pull that for an audit. But as long as the records are good, you're good. The CPA is good, right? That signed the uh, tax return. So you're right. I don't think it has to be that fear, right? It just has to be understanding that, you know, as you invest in yourself, that's a unique thing. Sometimes they'll flag that. But as long as you're following the code, you still get all the rewards. Okay, so before I let you go, because we love all this, any tips this year, any big things that have come up or things that people should look out for in this tax season, any benefits, any like surprises that maybe people don't know about? Yeah, well, let's let's talk about this because a lot of people are probably just starting to file their 2022 tax returns and they may owe taxes, but there are a few things you can do even today, to help preserve money and lower your taxes for 2022. So one thing you can do today to lower your taxes for 2022 that the government allows is to put more money into retirement, right? You can put money into different types of retirement accounts, different levels. And the government says that you can still do that all the way up until you file your tax return. So if you owe money, you could simply trade the money you owe for putting it into another retirement account and getting some benefit from that. So that's one tip that you can do, right? If you've purchased, invested in real estate in previous years, you can do what's a cost segregation study, which is a depreciation method where you determine what parts of your real estate are non-structural and have quicker exhaustion. And you can write those assets off upfront. Right. So you may have investments you've already made in real estate and didn't take advantage of some of the depreciation methods. Right? I think that's me. Right. <laughs> that's a good one for me. That's a good one for you. Right. So there's other things that we can do. But I think those are the important things. Look, right now you may be facing a situation where you owe taxes for last year. Let's try to dive into some of these things, whether we have assets that we could write off or we have expenses. Let's go through our credit card statement because a lot of times the accountants don't know what was a business expense versus a personal expense. Did we do that for a business purpose versus did we do that for personal? The business ones we can expense. So go back and audit yourself. Did you take expenses for working from your home now that you've changed that over? Do you have a service animal? Did you take advantage of those type of things? Healthcare, right? Maybe we put in a pool to help us with our health benefits. There's a lot of things and we don't have to necessarily just write that big check because there may be things we did already that eliminate the taxes or lower it quite a bit. But certainly to the extent that we haven't done those activities, we can still do things with health accounts and retirement accounts to lower that burden. I know you've also told me that people like me that like, let's say travel in different states, like I speak at different states and you said athletes that perform in different states. And sometimes states were charging you tax on stuff like that, that those laws change all the time too between states. And you have to be very careful of that because you might be overpaying. 
Oh yeah. I, I feel for you and for those athletes and entertainers that, you know, work in different States because right. Then you have to file in that state for the income you made in that day. You know, that's difficult, but again, planning, right? Because even though you made income, you certainly had expenses getting there. You had expenses while you were there. And a lot of times people just forget that side of the equation. So it's important, you know, that you record the income, but also the expenses associated with that travel. Julio, I just love you. I love talking to you. And I love that we both love taxes. <laughs> Me too. We're a little wacky, but we love it. And I just hope we can get people excited about it as we are, because I think that really planning ahead and really, again, I love what you said, thinking of the government as mm -hmm. your partner yeah. and that they're investing in you too. And really taking advantage and really digging. Like I like hunting and digging. And so I try to say that to people, you know, go in there. And, you know, I had a friend of mine who's a founder, a tech founder, said to me the other day, there's a new tax incentive because, you know, you know, these tech founders are like poor, rich. They make no money yeah. for years and years. Yeah. And then they hit it big. That A new tax law just came in that if you're a founder, the first 10 million you finally make is tax free. Because you've, you've, you know, because you've put up with being poor for so many years. And I was like, yay. So I love when people even call me and they say they found a new tax law that helps any of us in any way, because it does feel then like it's worth it. Like you're investing in your country. You do pay so many taxes that then when you're starting something and creating business and creating jobs and all that, that the government helps you out too. Well, I got to tell you, Nellie, I think I'm glad that you shared that with us about your tech friend, because there's so many tax benefits out there. And we as a community have to come together and share it. Like I'm learning all the time. I was with a person last week that does TV and movie productions and didn't realize all these tax credits associated with doing TV and film production from your house. I had no clue. Oh my God, we got to look that up. <laughs> and I was like, that one I didn't know, right? Okay, and, we uh, need to know that one. And tax code 181 for anyone that wants to look that one up. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of tax credits and incentives for film production, TV production, movie production, music production. And it is so complicated. But then when you go through it, it's really easy. But who knows that? I mean, a lot of people are doing probably production from their house, right? Whether it's yep. YouTube or I am. TikTok. Look right now. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of incentives associated with that. Wow. Okay. Well, you're going to come back and more to discuss. And I know you'll have new information. And I so thank you so much because I think it's so important to make this fun and also really great for people because we're getting money that we didn't think we could get, which is great. And in a legal way, which yeah, is beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, thank you for having me. It's quite an honor. And I hope to uh, continue to bring more wisdom when it comes to these taxes. I'm glad you're turning us into bigger money makers. Oh, yeah. Well, we have to work together. Oh, thank you, Julio. My pleasure. Moneymaker is a production of Money News Network. Moneymaker is written and hosted by me, Nelly Galan. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Thanks for listening. See you next time.